0: Welcome to I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman, full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene, interviews with industry experts and a whole lot of oversharing. Welcome everyone back to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've all had a wonderful week or fortnight or month, depending on when you last listened. I I would like to think you listen daily, even though they're only out once every seven days. Today we are going to talk about what's next on the engagement journey and and how to get to the first sort of concrete um, piece of planning. So before all we've spoken about is ideas and you know having sort of vague discussions with your fiance and getting a sense of the of the wedding that you want of the the kind of occasion that you would both like. But I think now it's time to sort of set down some plans and set down some ideas and get the ball rolling, get things in motion so that you can physically plan the big day because time's running out. I mean, I'm assuming that you're like real people. You're really engaged. Are you you really listening? Are you out there? Are you out there? (laughs) So here's what to do next. Get the guests. So the guest list. Seriously probably one of the hardest things to do. And it is one of the very first things that you need to do. I've already spoken briefly about how I did it, so I won't go on. But basically, the gist is the the way I attached the challenge was to write a list of everyone I wanted and then slowly, bit by bit, sort of identify them, put them into groups as to the people that absolutely had to be there my family, uh, people who I really wanted there, people who I'd like there and then people who I wasn't so fussed about. And it was surprising actually how few people I had personally that I felt absolutely had to be there. Things have changed because with the COVID rules around weddings, you were only allowed really, really small numbers. There was a wedding I did during the pandemic that during the time you were only allowed 15 guests and that was completely different to any kind of wedding I'd ever worked at or attended. Um, it was lovely. It was so, so lovely. It was super intimate. You could really connect to every single uh, guest who was there because there were so few of them. So as I was doing the ceremony and as the couple was did there, it was like, it was less like a, a sort of grand performance. And it was more like having a really nice conversation with the family around the dining room table. Do you know what I mean? It was less like wedding vibes and more sort of elaborate dinner party, (laughs) which is something that in my mind, I feel like I do quite well. Um, So that has changed things moving forward. I think it is becoming more popular to have smaller numbers at your weddings. Having said that, we are still dealing with the backlog of COVID. And whilst a lot of people chose to get married in COVID with up to 15 guests, they are now going big. They are now going to have the big day that they always, always wanted. So the guest numbers have probably increased from their original plan. So whilst I do think that... um, generally speaking people are leaning more towards intimate weddings there is there is still and there is always going to be those engaged couples that are very much the bigger the better i am the bigger the better <laughs> size does not matter it's how you handle it and i i'm still talking about weddings so it's hard for me to say do this do that do the other because you might be looking at 20 people 50 people 500 people. Generally speaking, an intimate wedding I would say is under 20 people. I'd say a small wedding under 40 or 50. I would say an average sized wedding. I don't like to use that word when it comes to weddings because the, they ain't nothing average, especially about Olivia Colman celebrancy, ceremony, ceremony, ceremony. I would say an average wedding is maybe around 120, 140. And then a big wedding is sort of 200 max. And then there are weddings where you have like four, 500 people. I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? Like you don't know that many people. I don't know that many people. I just certainly don't like that many people. I just came back from holiday in Cyprus and there they do things a particular way. I mean, the whole village, their aunt Fanny and their donkey walker will bring their guests and their cousins to the wedding. I'm talking thousands. So we've got some friends out there. He's Cypriot. She's from Australia and her brother is getting married in Cyprus. The the two families have sort of merged uh, randomly in between Australia and Cyprus and and all the Australians are coming over to Cyprus for the wedding. I'm not joking you. 12,000 guests. 12,000. Not (laughs) 1,200. 12,000 guests that is that is more that is more than ten thousand that is that is the population of a small hamlet that is a village that is a music festival that is like that is i I can't even I can't even I think I only had like a thousand kids in my school it's it's that's a different that's a different thing that kind of wedding has its own rules, and you ain't paying for them you know what I mean. So let's just let's just stick to what traditionally happens in the UK. So traditionally in the UK um it's a little bit smaller than 12,000, right? So like I say intimate around sort of 20 and then up to maybe 140, 150, maybe 200. You need to work out your numbers pretty soon in the game because you need those numbers to then work out your venue and then to work out your budget. Because I've said it before, I'll say it again. It's not romantic, but it's the truth. A wedding is price per head. And that price is not little. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just not. It's not. It's the nature of the beast. Okay. It's the nature of the beast. Weddings are expensive. So when you write your guest list, there are a few rules that I would suggest that you follow. Everyone does it their own way. And it is it is so complicated and it is it is rife for family politics and friendship drama. And he said he said, she said, bollocks, to be honest. It's just it's an absolute minefield. So my first rule: don't give a flying fahuk what anyone else thinks. Okay? There are people to consider. There are opinions to take into account. But at the end of the day, there are two people here getting married. I assume, I don't think, um, thrapples are legal. I don't know. I'll look into it. There are two people here getting married, and those two opinions are the ones that matter. So, like I say, take into account other people's feelings and thoughts. But at the end of the day, it is about you, and it's about what you want and who you want there. So you have got to remind yourself that that has got to be the backbone of your decision making. It is your day and it is up to you who is going to be there. So you need to work out who you want to invite and who you don't want to invite. Now, one of the many bones of contentions, cousins. It's it's very difficult. A lot of people have a lot of cousins, a a lot of cousins. Al, my cousin, my, I'm going to say co-star, oh, he's going to love that, my co-star on occasion on this very podcast, he is my cousin. He's also one of my favourite people on earth, so there was no way that I wasn't going to invite him and he wasn't going to invite me. Now, he'd be the first person to tell you at his wedding to Ali, if they hadn't have invited the cousins, there was like 40 of us. But to them, their priority was people. So they said straight off the bat, we want everyone we want there. And if that means we then have to um, spend less on flowers or have uh, less catering or um, fewer uh, wedding favours or sort of decorations or this or that, then that's fine because that's what we want. We want the people. So that's fine. So they invited all their cousins. I invited all of my first cousins because I have six. So... (laughs) And then you've got their partners. And of course, the elder, the older the couple, I find, it tends to get more complicated because their friends and their family, they also have partners. They also have husbands and wives. They also have children. You know, when I've done a wedding for a couple who were relatively young, sort of early to mid-20s it's a little easier, right? Because they're the first ones of their friendship group to get married. So they don't have to worry as much about inviting the married plus ones or inviting their friends' kids because they're the the first ones of that generation to have their wedding. When you're a bit older, you have to consider more people and more family logistics. So cousins is a tricky one. I don't look at cousins as family. <laughs> oh my God, that sounds so bad. No, what I mean is like, to me, I don't think cousins, I don't think that should be considered a family thing. I think that should be, they should be put in the in the friend category. That, that should be not a case of, oh, they're my cousins, so I have to invite them. That should be a case of, are they my friend? Do I speak to them? Do I care for them enough to include them on my day? When did we last go out together? When did we last send a message or, or have a phone call or what have you? So that's where I would put cousins. I wouldn't consider cousins in the family realm. To me, when you're looking at family, you've got your immediate family, your brothers, your sisters, your mum, your dad. You've got your grandparents. Um, you've got your aunties and uncles. Maybe at a push. <laughs> I actually, do you know what? I really love my family. And this is going to sound like I don't. And I do. And I say that because it's true, but also because they're the, the few people that listen. <laughs> Love you. So uh, that's what I think uh, about the family. Now, the, the tricky thing with the family is that yeah, sometimes you invite people on the sort of silent understanding that they're not going to come. Elderly people, <laughs> if you are having an abroad wedding, I would say 75 to 80% of the time, your grandparents are not going to make it. And I mean, (laughs) my God, that sounds so morbid. They're not going to be able to travel (laughs) abroad. Equally, if you have it sort of the opposite ends of the UK, that could be difficult for them. Now, I don't like to generalize. I do. But I feel like old people, maybe it was just my granddad. I don't know. But do you know, they do that thing where they're like, Oh I can't don't come over for a cup of tea on Wednesday afternoon because I've got to go to the post office on Tuesday morning. What? What are you talking about? I'm talking about what? It's a different day. I don't know. What? <laughs> for 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 a generation that have so little to do, they they can only do so little. <laughs> I once said to my granddad, "Um, can I?" This was like literally. I'm not even joking. This was October or beginning of November, and I said, "Grandad, I've got work in town tomorrow. Can I park in your parking space, like the extra one that you have at the house?" Nah, sorry, Babs, but uh, I've got people coming at Christmas. What? <laughs> they they're not. Again, I'm generalising, but I feel like old old people are not very good at, at coming out of their comfort zone, and that's fair enough. I'm I'm here for that. So. Sometimes I think people do invite the grandparents or like elderly family friends kind of as a gesture. You want to be careful with that because too many gestures may uh, be accepted and then you're screwed. So when it comes to family, I think you, you have to consider the politics and you have to consider people's feelings. But like I say, it's not about them. It's about you. Unless they're paying. I've touched on this before where the the intricacies of um, other people paying for your wedding. And if and when parents pay for your wedding, they often, and I suppose reasonably fairly, I don't know, it's a tricky one, but they often then consider it sort of partially their day and they, they feel like they have a right um, to invite certain people and a right to have certain opinions and, um, you know maybe you're fine with that. Maybe you're not, whatever, whatever. The money thing is, is a whole, <laughs> that is a drama. That is an issue. Um, but if your parents are paying, then I do, I personally, again, this is all my opinion, but I do think that it is a kind gesture to say, not even to, to do it or to listen, but to say, is there anyone in particular that you would like to invite? Um, because actually you might find that there is someone who you hadn't thought about a family friend or your your mum's mate or your dad's school buddy or whatever that you really like but you hadn't thought about it and then it's really important to them okay well great fine let's do it Um, but I do think if they're paying even if they're not paying to be honest they're your parents and this is a big day for them as it is for you so I think it's a nice gesture to ask you can always ignore them they're parents that's what they're there for we pretend we care and then we just do what we want anyway, like a marriage. Ask them, see what they have to say, go from there. So you've got cousins, you've got family. Oh, children, I believe the children are our future, unless it's a wedding. <laughs> uh, sometimes I have to be careful what I say when I'm on Zoom calls, because I have to be like, you know, when someone says, are there any names you don't like? And you're in a tube or a bus or something. And you're like, oh, I hate the name Carol. And then the person next to you is like, that's my mum's name. Shit. So I always ask questions before I voice my opinion, <laughs> if I can remember. So when I'm on Zoom calls with my couples, I always say to them first, are you inviting children to your wedding? And then when they go, oh, yes, love children, the more the merrier. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. When they say, hell nah, this is not the time. I'm like, preach, sister. And I mean that. It's difficult when the couple don't have their own children. I think that's a whole different thing because they're, in all fairness, their life has not been destroyed, uh, sorry, affected um, by children. So why would they have your children at their day? Like, get over it. But people are so funny about children at weddings. You know, I've had weddings where family members even, have refused to go to the wedding because their kids weren't invited. Well, do the kids even want to go? Really? I think so often it's more about principle than practicality. Practically, wouldn't you prefer a night off? Eh? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? I know I would. Be the first one out the door. Bye, baby. Have a good time. Mummy out. Mummy is out. (laughs) I don't know where that accent came from. I've got false confidence today. I think I'm a lot cooler than I actually am. I look at it as it's totally up to the, the bride and groom, the groom and groom, bride and bride, what have you, what have you. Totally up to the couple getting married. If they don't want to invite children, don't, don't bring your child. Don't force it upon them. Don't make them feel bad. Take it for what it is, a night off, to have fun. I, what I did at our wedding, we said no children unless they're babes in arms. Unless they're on the boob. I mean, you can't, you, you, you kind of have to do that, right? Unless you're happy for the mum to then be like, okay, well, I can't come because I'm breastfeeding. I think that is totally fair. And to be honest, even now, as, a, as I am now a mother, I still wouldn't invite children. <laughs> do you know, if I'm being totally honest and, and sort of awkwardly superficial, when we were thinking about it for our own wedding, I did say to James, I kind of want to invite cousins' children and friends' children because they look cute and there's like a photo op there isn't there and I like the dresses and I kind of saw myself as maria from the sound of music but when I thought about it I thought you know what that's that's one photo and they have the potential to really steal the show really take the attention away from me they're loud they they get bored easily they, don't, they do not want to be there. They do not want to be there. I'm telling you now. I had two of my goddaughters, when I got married, were probably four and six or maybe five and seven. And I did want them to be there. But because of family politics, because I wasn't inviting all children, I, my husband and I decided that it was either sort of all or none. So we went none. And my two goddaughters, being honest, were the two children that I was disappointed not to have there. So as um, a treat, because they were genuinely disappointed, they, you know, they were they were little girls. They they liked the idea of seeing me as a princess. Of course they did. So I took them to my wedding dress fitting and that was really, really lovely. I took them to my wedding dress fitting and they saw my dress and I was like, oh, you're the only ones to see my dress. And then we went for milkshakes afterwards and it was really lovely. And they didn't understand and they were still a bit upset. Oh, but they're over it now. That was five years ago. Couldn't give two shits, could they? So the children aren't going to punish you if you don't take them take them to the wedding. I think there are polite ways of saying no children. I think that something you have to consider, you do have to consider is that if you do say no children, that means that one or both of the parents may not come. So if these are your best, best friends and you and you... Absolutely have to have them there, then you're gonna have to test the waters before you send out the invite. Because if if for whatever reason, you know, when it's family's children, the whole family's at the wedding. So who's gonna babysit? These kids might not be comfortable with a stranger babysitting them. Who would be? (laughs) So the kids thing is a tricky one. You have to work out the logistics. I would say have a few conversations with the parents say to your friends, just be totally honest, just say, look, we don't really want kids or we'd love kids. Do you want them there? Do you want to bring them? Do you want to leave them at home? How's that going to work for you? Because also you have to pay for the blood, bloody things. You have to pay for the little buggers. Caterers charge. And these children, they don't eat much. I'd get a packet of Pond bears in the corner in a, in a wicker basket, make it look fancy, you know. So we've got family out the way. We've got cousins out the way and we've got children out the way. Would you be offended if they didn't invite you? Would you be hurt or upset? Would you be surprised if they didn't invite you to their wedding? That's a question to ask yourself. Would you buy them dinner just uh, for over Christmas time? Not as a present, but just, oh, you know, it's December. Let's go out for dinner. I'll pay. Would you buy them dinner? Are these people going to add to your day? Or are they going to cause drama? Are they going to help make it memorable? Are they going to create a fun, lively, romantic atmosphere? Are they going to be an addition? Or are they going to be a negative? There is also the option of having day guests and evening guests. That's super popular now, because it is price per head, like I say, and, and it's less expensive, and you've got more flexibility if you have evening guests rather than have everyone to the day generally speaking you don't have to pay for evening guests unless you're having an open bar uh, and if you do then it's minimal compared to what you're paying for day guests co-workers i think are good evening guests but then you see again oh i'm i'm thinking out loud here but co-workers you know if you've been in a job a long time and you're full time you spend more time with your co-workers than you do with your bloody fiance And you might be best friends. Even though they are co-workers, they might be your best friends. And then you've got your cousin who you didn't see since two Christmases ago. And even then you didn't like him. So I think co-workers, if you're thinking of a polite gesture, because it is awkward, isn't it? It's awkward when you're talking about your wedding all day at work and they're like, Oh, that's nice. Gerald. (laughs) Gerald, you're not invited, Gerald. No one wants you, Gerald. Back to your desk weird to think, like, where would I work if I spoke to someone like that? So I think co-workers is quite a good um evening guest invite. Plus ones. Oh, plus ones. There is the famous no ring, no bring. So unless your friend is married, then they don't get to bring their plus one. I don't agree with that because I think nowadays couples can be together for years before they get married. So what, like... They own a house together, maybe even they had a kid together, but if they're not married, I just don't think that's sort of fair. I think you can't judge a couple on that. I think for me personally, I would say, do you know them as a couple? Are you friends with the other half? Because if you're not, don't feel bad about not inviting them. You can't invite everyone. That is the the end game is you cannot afford to have everyone there. If you can... Great, go to town. But if you can't, if you have a budget, you have to think about the people you really want there and the people you're not fussed about. And you're not fussed about them, they ain't going to come. That's the be all and end all. I have had weddings where the, you have a couple and one comes to the day and the other joins in the evening. It's, sure, it's a little awkward, but again, it's what it is. And, you know, I think throughout all of this process, you have to think to yourself, we're British we're British and therefore we are not going to talk about our emotions out loud and to your face. So if you piss someone off, you're not going to hear about it. So that's fine. Because what really matters is how you feel and not what everyone says behind your back. Okay. Evening guests are tricky because um, it's it's a practically, it's a, it's a good way of, adding people that you would like there, but perhaps you can't afford to have there throughout the day. Um, I think you have to take into consideration with evening guests where the wedding is. No one, really, no one is going to be happy about traveling over an hour just for a few hours in the evening. But they might come half an hour. They might come 20 minutes, 40 minutes, or what have you, because to them it's a night out um and it's you know and it's an excuse to see people and get dressed up and get glammed up and things so that depends on the type of person that you're thinking about inviting for your evening guests um or like i say with co-workers you can invite the whole office but only to the evening uh with university friends perhaps you invite you know if if he's got his uni guys perhaps he invites his uni guys to the day and then all the girlfriends can join in the evening something like that you do have to consider the logistics and practicalities of your guests, uh, in terms of the distance of travel and the time taken out to spend at your wedding. I've said it again. <laughs> I've said it so many times. I'm going to be really romantic next podcast, I promise. But I'm trying. I'm trying to be helpful. I don't know if it's, if that's coming off. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it is price per head. At the end of the day, when you're doing your guest list, you have to think about price per head and what you can feasibly afford. So I've done various um, research and recon about it and there was a survey taken for 2021 and the average spend on um, a UK wedding in 2021 was £17,300. I am surprised by that because I thought it would be a lot more, if I'm honest. General budget, that's for another episode, but my point is this. In the same survey, it came out that couples spent, on average, in a UK wedding in 2021, they spent, on average, £65 a head on catering. If you split your entire wedding budget and put it into price per head, you're looking at well over £100 for price per head, on average. This is, please, like I say, on average. Would you give that person £100? Would you, if they came and knocked on your door and said, I need help or do you know, what? actually, I just, I got a taxi and I haven't got quite got enough money. Would you give them £100? Do you care enough about them? If we're going to be like practical about it and non-romantic about it, would you, do you care enough about them to give them £100? Because that is what we're looking at here. It's a lot of money to spend on someone. And yes, they're going to buy you a gift. Although nowadays, that's a whole different ballgame. A lot of people don't even do gifts. They have this sort of wanky phrase, your presence is present enough. No, nonsense. I need hard gifts. I need merch and dollar. So I think at the end of the day, when, when it all comes down to it, you have to work out what you can afford and who is the most important to you. Adding people willy nilly is just going to increase the budget and it may not add to your day. I always think when I say the smaller the better, I don't mean actually in terms of numbers. I just mean in terms of the people who are most important to you. So whether you are quite an introverted person, you've got a small family or you're from abroad or what have you. So perhaps, you know, to you, a small wedding is five people. And then there's someone who is from... The town they're getting married in, they, they're family friends with their in laws family friends and they all went to the same school and the same uni and you're all really close. And you've got a huge, great big family and it, all this and that and and broken families as well. So that adds a whole different layer of, of siblings and step parents and all that jazz. So maybe to you, a small wedding on your side is 70 people. But when I say a small wedding, I mean the people who you have to have there. This is such a special day. This is such a special day. And you want people to celebrate it with you who mean something to you. There are always going to be those guests that in five, 10 years after your wedding, you're you're not going to talk anymore. Like you're not going to be friends. That's just life, isn't it? And there's always going to be people who you wish you had invited or people who you meet right after your wedding and you just instantly become best friends and you're best friends in 40 years time. You never know which way the wind's going to go and you, don't, you can't predict the future and, and you can't beat yourself up about the what-ifs because that's just too much stress. And that's one of the most stressful things that people get completely het up about is the guest list because, well, what if she gets upset and, and what if we stop talking in the, in the meantime? And what if, who, no, no. Just invite the people that you love, invite the people that are going to add to your day. If they want to be there, they will be there. Okay? It doesn't matter if you're getting married on a Thursday or a Sunday, if you're getting married up north or down south or abroad or what have you. Of course, with an abroad wedding, there are logistical nightmares. But if people really want to be there and you give them enough notice, then they will be there. And if they can't, then they will have a legitimate reason and they will share that with you completely openly and honestly. Because you will have had, you have that friendship already. You have that solid foundation with that person. You care enough about them to invite, to have invited them to your wedding. They're not just the cleaner. I don't think that you should invite the cleaner to your wedding unless she's there to clean. That's sexist. Unless he's there to clean. Ding, 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 ding. jingle. So I feel like I've just rambled, right? I feel like that's a complete ramble episode. I, I apologize. I really hope there was something helpful in there. But my, my aim was to help you when writing your guest list, because once you've got your guest list, once you've got your numbers, then we really kick things into gear. Then we can really get the ball rolling, because the next stage, I believe, is the venue. So in my last job, I was in charge of the venue. Basically, I ran the viewings, I took the bookings, I did all the admin and all the prep up into the day itself. So if I know anything about anything up until the ceremony, I know about the venue. So next episode, the next one that's helpful, you know, I like to intersperse these informative episodes with absolute crap. So the next episode that's helpful, I'm going to talk to you all about venue visiting and the questions to ask and the Um, intricacies to look for and the sort of on the dotted line and the fine print because there is always fine print thank you so much for listening it really does mean the world if you find this podcast even remotely helpful or moderately entertaining share with all your friends and family you can dm me any questions queries if you want to share any stories on the podcast instagram at i'll marry you podcast i want to hear all your tall tales see you soon I'll Marry You is a podcast by Olivia Coleman. The music is Mr. Sunnyface by Wayne Jones, and the show is produced and edited by Drew Toynbee. I hope you found that episode moderately helpful. I don't think it was. I'm so, so I'm so sorry. I feel like I'm letting myself down. You know, I start these these recordings and I feel great, and then it's yeah, it's a downward spiral. Anyway, I hope you tune in next week. None this- I'm talking bollocks now, Drew. Ah, tell me if this is shit. <laughs>